shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. For the ones who are always in the know. For the ones who keep things running. For the innovators and the problem solvers. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, experienced staff at local branches, and free access to experts to help answer your toughest questions. So whatever challenge you face, we have the knowledge and products to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, this is Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And I know that I have been saying, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I follow through, but I follow through too late. And I totally understand that. I know that some of you do appreciate that I answer your Twitter questions or you get to see my answers to some of my Twitter friends that ask me questions. Do you know about this? Do you know about that? But some of you have private messaged me, DM'd me on Instagram or on Twitter or have hit me up on my email, prowrestlingot at gmail.com, and said, can you explain that better? And for those of you that hit me up on my email, I say, yes, I can, I can explain it a lot better than I do in 200, 300 characters. My best thing, I think, to do is to do a podcast episode. So that's what this is. This is expanding on different questions that people have had and telling you guys more about what I've said. And then at the very end, we're going to get to the apology that I'm going to make for getting the story mostly right, but not getting it completely right. So, let's start off with, everybody has been um, asking me about the Queen of the Ring. Well, that is kind of tied into the apology. What I am going to tell you is, WWE doesn't know yet. I know that's a shock to so many of you. They don't know. It takes about seven matches the way they used to do it to do King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring. They used to hold it as a one-night pay-per-view and they had matches in between so that they would have rest periods. The problem is, if you do... 17 matches 
of King of the Ring and seven matches of Queen of the Ring. That's 14 matches. And WWE style, yeah, that's going to equal about six hours. Because they got to show their video packages and they got to plug their next whatever. So, as for it looking like that, I don't see it. I think what we will see is leading up to Saudi Arabia. I think the, the they will take three weeks leading up to Saudi Arabia. And they will have the matches they need for King and Queen of the Ring tournament. Then... We will have a King of the Ring tournament final in Saudi Arabia and a Queen of the Ring tournament final in Saudi Arabia. Plus, I think we get Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, which we all know that's why Brock come back, is so that he can get the big payday, and it's going to be at Saudi Arabia. Which is why he is not going after Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. That's the reason why you've seen them try to stick Finn Balor back into the picture. Then we've got Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Goldberg has one match supposedly left on his contract... And, of course, he wants that also to be in Saudi Arabia for the paycheck. After his SummerSlam um, fiasco, I, I, I don't even know what else to say about it, where he gets hit with a cane and decides to sell it like a minute later. Um, him... Falling weirdly, um, Bobby Lashley even acted like, well, this is not how the match is supposed to end. I don't know whether Bill Goldberg seriously did tweak something, hurt something, whether he thought that was the best way to end the match so that he didn't technically lose. Yes, I'm doing finger quotes. But I think those four matches will be in the running at Saudi Arabia. I think you will then see the Intercontinental Championship and possibly a men's tag team, if not two, depending on whether they want to do six matches or seven. But I think they will only have one women's match in Saudi Arabia. I cannot see them doing seven. I think that would be way too much for Saudi Arabia. So I think you're you're going to see the queen of the ring finals only there. Now, someone asked me, and I can't remember who, it was like two weeks ago, um, about, they called them the new Iconics. Well, I have been plugging uh, 
Jessica and Cassie as much as I can. Their podcast, Off the Chops, is absolutely hilarious. They have had some difficulties, however, and they recently announced that they are okay, they are clear, and they are now called Inspiration. I don't really like the name. Wish they would have came up with something else. But, you know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I don't know what else I would have chose either. But the problem with them was like a lot of other wrestlers that come from other countries. Their visas are tied to their workplace. Most people with the immigration policy that the United States has now, you have to be an essential worker to come into the United States. And I don't mean essential worker as in COVID standards. I mean essential worker as in someone that is in an area of need that we have, like a biochemist or uh, a nuclear engineer or something like that. Wrestlers are not really a essential worker, no matter what Florida says. But anyway, in order to come here from another country, when you are a non-essential, is you have to have a job. You have to have an employer that is willing to sponsor you and say, yes, they have a job of employment with us and we will let you know if we let them go or if they quit or whatever it is. So the WWE, if you have heard the iconic story, went to Australia. They did kind of like a talent search like they just did in Las Vegas. They found uh, Cassie and Jessica and sponsored them with their visas, brought them to the United States, and they went into the Performance Center. I think most of you have heard their story about uh, sleeping on Bailey's couch and floor uh, for two or three weeks until they could find a place of their own. Um, but they, like a lot of other wrestlers, once they become established, they didn't get their own visa. And by that I mean is once you become a celebrity with like verified social media accounts, you can show that you have fans, that you are in the entertainment industry or anything like that. You you can have documentation to back you up that you can be here on your own, make money on your own, you have established residency, 
Um, in Cassie's case, has gotten married, and and you know Jessica brought her husband over, and they didn't do that. They left their visas tied to WWE. So therefore, when WWE released them, they had to scramble. Because, of course, WWE has to follow the law and turn it in saying they're under contract with us, with their non-compete for the next 90 days. But after that, we are no longer sponsoring them. So they could stay in the United States for 90 days and they were in a mad scramble from what I understand just like anyone else that has this done to them by any company whether it be wrestling or or anything and so they from what I understand got the paperwork ready submitted it and have now, as of, I guess, two weeks ago, um, they are up and running as independent contractors that have their visas that are tied to them and their celebrity. Because I know a lot of people were saying, well, Cassie got married to an, uh, an American. Um, actually... No, she didn't. Um, he is actually a Canadian. So, um, that is one of the things. So, from what I understand, they have been in contact. I don't know if they personally or their management or agent has been in contact with AEW and Impact Wrestling both. They're not receiving a lot of interest. Not as much interest as what they expected. Meaning probably not as much money as what could be expected. And right now, they're going to run the indie circuit. And honestly, I think that will... They will be more thankful for it than what they think they will be. I think when uh, Cody Rhodes left the WWE on his own terms and he started running the indie circuit and New Japan, he found his hustle. He found that wrestling was something that he had a passion for and that he wanted to work for. Um, I think he also saw what others struggle through. He picked up new moves. He picked up um, new characters as far as broadening his range of selling and of just changing characters and being different characters at different promotions. And I think he really learned a lot like that. And I think they will too. 
and since they were trained in the WWE system. They weren't wrestlers really before WWE. I think this will benefit them. And from talking to veterans that are on the indie circuit, they'll learn a lot, but also talking to younger talent, they will learn a lot of what's going on. Um, They're doing a lot of different signings, but I really encourage them, if they can, to get on independent cards at GCW, AAW, ACW, um, CCW. Um, If they can get on for a show of NWA, if they can eventually work their way up. Because that's the whole thing. They have to show they have wrestling ability. Because as they have said themselves on the podcast, they never really got to show what they could do because they were only given three minutes, five minutes, and they didn't have a lot of offense, or they couldn't play defense because they were too busy making the star look good. Well, in the independence, they don't always have to do that. And so I think someone like AEW wants to see them, number one, go out and hustle. Show me that you do have this passion. To show me your wrestling ability. And after the first of the year, and I know you guys hear that, and you're like, what? Yeah, after the first of the year. <coughs> Which, when you think about it, it's four months. But um, I think after the first of the year, you you could see them on AEW Dark. AEW Dark Elevation. And then maybe being AEW All Elite. But I think they have to show the hustle. Now, if they do a bunch of signings, and they do one or two independent shows, and they decide, this isn't the life for me, then I think they'll have their answer then. That they need to pursue acting, or comedy, or whatever, wherever it leads them. But um, I think they're going to find out a lot about themselves in the next four to six months. Um, The new pay-per-view is going to be January 1st in Atlanta. You guys already know that. It's going to be called Day One. Well, that's kind of self-explanatory, huh? And yes... It is going to be a pay-per-view from what I am hearing. And yes, Royal Rumble is still supposed to be in January. There have been some rumors that I have heard that it may be moved to February. It depends on an injured star possibly coming back. And an... Old Legends schedule. 
is what I have been told when I ask, is day one going to become January's pay-per-view? And Royal Rumble moving to February. So you take that for whatever it's worth. Uh, But I have been told that as of right now, there will be two pay-per-views in January. One will be called Day One. The other, tentatively, is Royal Rumble. So, like I said, you you read into that what you will. Um, Personally, I really think Royal Rumble this year will go to February. Now, the Daniel Bryan issue in WWE. I made the comments. um, Somebody said, I can't remember the actual tweet. But someone actually said something about Nikki Bella not being able to get into SummerSlam. She put that out on Instagram. And someone said, yeah, right. Like, they would not let her into SummerSlam. And I said, they didn't. And DB had something to do with that. And I was met with a lot of blowback from all sides. From people taking up for WWE, that they would never do that to a Hall of Fame legend. And two, that Daniel Bryan would have had nothing to do with it because her sister is married to him and Bree was not with Nikki. No, their brother was. JJ was there. So, let's go back in Daniel Bryan history. Um, When his contract was getting ready to run out, he basically did a handshake deal with the company. He said, you know, I've been here so long, I don't want to leave you in the lurch. Daniel Bryan... Or let's just go ahead and call him Brian Danielson, since that is what he's going by now, and that's his real name. Um, Brian told them, you know, he had been part of creative already. He had been writing with creative since before he came back. When we were in COVID isolation, he was writing and Zoom calling in from at that time, Arizona, and then later, Napa, California. Total Divas got canceled. Total Bellas was on the air at that time. It's my understanding they had one more year left on their contract. However, the last season did not see the ratings that the seasons before had. So E decided to cancel it. WWE was talking about possibly just doing it as a show on Peacock. I don't know that Peacock was necessarily interested because Peacock owns E. So 
Total Bellas then got canceled. So Daniel Bryan was in contract negotiations with WWE. He wanted limited TV time, meaning he didn't have to be at every single TV show. He wanted a little bit bigger part of the creative scene on SmackDown. He wanted to work as a road agent on certain loops or do four shows one weekend, have a weekend off, and then do four shows the next weekend and have a weekend off, something like that, or go on the road for two weeks and be off two weeks. He wanted to, you know, be able to work that out with WWE. He also wanted to be able to pick a young talent or two, or three, or four, knowing Brian, um, that he could work with. Like he did with working with Cesaro. Like he did, he worked some with Shinsuke. And brought, you know, them back into the picture. But the next thing he wanted was he pitched for Nikki Bella to get her dream job. Nikki Bella has said it on Total Divas, has said it on Total Bellas, has said it in numerous interviews that she would love to head up a women's creative section and it not be part of the other creative except on time slots and pay-per-views and getting things like that scheduled. She wanted uh, women's creative to not have to depend on the men. Because she said that she thought that a lot of times the men get so excited, now men and women I should say, that are in the creative department get so excited about writing for Roman Reigns that they forget to write anything but about the champion. Which is true. Think about it, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago. You were seeing not only women's champion segments, but tag team champion segments. You were seeing usually maybe a five-minute to ten-minute segment on um, another team. Such you were seeing uh, Liv and Ruby Riot take on Mandy and Sonya. So that's the thing. Um, they're getting lesser time because the creative writers are focusing on the men's stories. And Nikki Bella talked Brian Danielson into saying, we need 
a women's creative that is solely focused on the women, and then they come together with the creative head on the other side, and then they make schedules together. So Daniel Bryan actually pitched this idea that Nikki Bella would help run the women's creative section with TJ Kidd, which is TJ Wilson, which is Tyson Kidd. Um, TJ Wilson has been phenomenal. I mean, I don't know any other word to say. He has been the agent and the translator. I don't know of another word, but the translator of what creative is thinking for the women to it in their actual matches. And he has been phenomenal. And Daniel Bryan pitched it that way. That it would be Nikki Bella who understood from a woman's perspective, a wrestler's perspective, what is or is not appropriate. And then TJ, who can actually make it happen in the ring. So... WWE supposedly was thinking about this. Then, um, part of the big four, and I'm not going to tell you which ones, but part of the big four, which is Nick Khan, uh, Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard, and Kevin Dunn, talked to Vince and said, we really don't want a women's creative department. All that they will do is fight. They will cause chaos. Um, our shows, they'll probably want them eventually to be half and half. They can't go to that. Our audiences won't do that. Our ratings will go down. Look at our ratings now. Blah, 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 blah. So they did inform Brian that that was going to be turned down. It's my understanding they wanted him to also not go to a limited TV schedule and they wanted him to be on the road starting July 16th throughout Labor Day like Cena was so he would be another factor that they would have to play with. Well, we all know the story. Brian Danielson talked to different companies. And it wasn't about money. It was about freedom. And he signed with AEW because Tony Khan has worked with legends of wrestling before. He understood his family situation him living on the opposite end of the country, him wanting time off, he's already dealt with that with Jericho. He is dealing with it with John Moxley. John Moxley is um, just had a baby. He lives in Nevada, and he is dying to get over to Japan and get his title back. Um, so it was a combination of things. 
WWE thought he was in the bag. They really did not believe that he would go to AEW. They didn't think, I don't, I don't think, that AEW would allow him to be as free as what they are going to allow him to be. When Japan opens up, um, he will also be going to New, New Japan. Um, there are supposedly already plans for him to appear on New Japan Strong. And um, if he wanted to start earlier, then he possibly could have been part of NWA's Empowered. The issue that Tony Khan had with that was the CM Punk reveal, and they didn't want Brian Danielson to be unveiled somewhere else before AEW, and Brian Danielson did not have a great interest in doing that. He was okay with waiting until the New York City um, event that AEW is having. Instead, they called him. He is coming out, obviously, for double, or excuse me, all out uh, this coming weekend. He will be revealed there, and he is fine with that. And the schedule that they have set up, Bree has talked to Renee Young from WWE. She's talked to Brandy Rhodes. Um, and she has seen how they do with their kids. Um, Renee told her how welcome they will be in Jacksonville. And how she feels like it's a little family. And so... When Brian Danielson signed with AEW, and it was pretty much made official, WWE pretty much cut all ties to him. Now, Nikki Bella at SummerSlam. Nikki did walk the red carpet. She did give media interviews. Then, when her and JJ showed up Saturday night, they were turned away. She had not let WWE know that she needed tickets. She had not asked, is what I have heard. And they were upset about Brian Danielson signing with AEW, and they thought that part of it, him leaving to go to AEW, is due to the fact that they did not want to hire Nikki Bella on as creative for the women. Now, I have heard through different people, Brian didn't even consider that. That wasn't, you know, he was just pitching that idea like he pitches any other storyline or anything that would make WWE better. Um, 
that wasn't a requirement for his contract, so that had nothing to do with it in his mind. But I guess in WWE's mind, that was an easy way to get him back. Now, um, let's get into the second biggest topic that I've been asked about. Um, yes, WWE has really pissed off Fox. Um, Fox got into this deal with WWE and SmackDown, and from what I've been able to gather, part of the deal that WWE has known all along was they were going to be doing tie-ins with other Fox programming. Hence the reason when they started on SmackDown, you saw SmackDown stars appear at NFL football games. Um, They were appearing at NASCAR events. That is one of the reasons why Sasha Banks, who was the women's champion at the time, was the starter at the Daytona 500 for Fox. So, they want to bring the wrestlers in at Fox. They put forth on Fox 1 Fox Sports 1 the show WWE Backstage many people tried out for that and Fox thought it would be in WWE's best interest to hire CM Punk however CM Punk wanted nothing to do with them So, Fox signed him to his own contract with Fox Sports. But they told the WWE they better play nicey-nice and cozy up to him. He wants to wrestle again. Well, they weren't getting ratings. WWE wasn't playing the suck-up to CM Punk. All they were doing were was not giving him access to certain things, not giving him access to information, not giving him access to wrestlers. WWE was putting up a lot of blocks in CM Punk's way. When they would do that, then CM Punk wasn't advertised for the next week. Fox proceeded to get a little upset at this. They also realized then that they weren't going to get CM Punk back. Then they started hearing rumors that AEW was going to sign CM Punk last year. They really wanted Cena and Brock Lesnar under contract and both put on SmackDown. Of course, Cena 
had a full film schedule, and Brock wasn't interested. So, when CM Punk finally signed, and they heard through the grapevine, they knew Becky had been cleared. She's been cleared for three or four months. She could have been used at any of the pay-per-views. She could have been building up anything. Whatever you wanted to do with her. They had told her they were going to wait until after the draft. To move her to SmackDown. Originally, and listen to this so that you don't get it misunderstood originally from what I understand Becky was to show up and show up at SummerSlam unveil or reveal herself at the end of Charlotte's match where she was proceeded to issue a beatdown to Charlotte, which would then lead to Charlotte versus Becky at Extreme Rules. This then would have led Charlotte to entering the Queen of the Ring tournament, since that is her nickname. And Becky would have been the Raw champion. However, and the last story is Sasha, but Sasha had an issue, and was not able to appear at SummerSlam. That changed up the plans that you have been hearing are last minute because they were, and I'm going to tell you why in our very last story, but Becky was supposed to be at SummerSlam. Because so many people have asked me if she wasn't supposed to do that to Bianca, why'd she have her gear? Why did they have a babysitter backstage at SummerSlam? Well, number one, they usually have someone to help with the baby backstage anyway, even though Seth and Becky are around her all the time. Um, they don't just put them in a room and don't see them for five hours or something like that. So, Fox, once they found out AEW had revealed CM Punk is all elite, he shows up at Rampage, they demand that Becky, who they know is showing up at SummerSlam, now go to SmackDown. And they demand 
WWE do whatever it takes to get Brock Lesnar and him to be on SmackDown. To pull up their ratings and to make up to them for not being able to get CM Punk back in WWE. What is going to happen now? Since plans have changed with Becky. A lot of it will depend on Charlotte. And you say, what does Charlotte have to do with SmackDown? Well, it's not that Charlotte has a lot to do with SmackDown. It's that she has a lot to do with WWE, period. I told you guys several podcasts ago, or several episodes ago, before Bailey got hurt. The understanding was that when Becky... Becky Becky and Naomi, actually, is who it was, moved to SmackDown. Carmella and one of the other four horsewomen, whether it be Sasha or whether it be Bailey, would then move to Raw to be with Charlotte and establish themselves over there. Because, if you have not noticed, then I'm going to spell it out for you. Contracts in WWE to make it all nice and easy run out on January 1st, which is the end of the year, where you've completed, you know... Survivor Series, and um, you've went to Saudi Arabia if you were chosen, and, and all of that. So, January 1st, May 1st, which is that way, if they need you for WrestleMania, they can have you through that, not have to renegotiate with you, or September 1st, which means then you will be SummerSlam. And they can get you on there. Well, that is exactly what has been happening. September 1st, today uh, being August 31st, you're seeing Adam Cole's contract run out. Well... I dropped a hint quite a few episodes ago, and I've dropped it I don't know how many times in Twitter, that, yes, Becky re-signed her contract. It is my understanding that Sasha re-signed her contract right before WrestleMania 37 of this year. Which makes... The last story complicated. 
the other two horsewomen, if my sources are correct and have been correct, for over a year, Charlotte's contract is due to run out January 1st. Or she's to be free January 1st. And Bailey's is due, she is due to be free May 1st. Because they staggered all of the horsewomen's contracts so that they couldn't all leave at the same time. So, from what I can put together from different people, Becky, due to Sasha not being at SummerSlam, had to replace her, which made Fox happy because she is now the SmackDown's women's champion. And that had to happen because Fox wanted Becky to have the belt or Sasha to have the belt. And that's the reason why you saw me on Twitter say, it doesn't matter who, Bianca's losing. Didn't matter which heel, but both creative, both Fox, both WWE, everybody has thought what I have said for months now. Bianca is a perfect baby face. They brought her along very quickly. She didn't really have a story, but people still gravitated towards her. In order to not put as much pressure on her as they have in the past, they now can have her drop the belt at SummerSlam, which she did, and now she can pull back and be the babyface. Is Becky a true heel? No. When you think of Becky, and I have used this comparison before, you need to think in terms of Stone Cold Steve Austin, of Conor McGregor, a female badass. Um, she is going to say anything and everything to get the crowd fired up or to get her opponent fired up. And that's what Conor McGregor does. She used almost the same exact line as Conor McGregor last week when she said, I sincerely apologize to no one. Conor McGregor, I forget his line, but it said, I apologize for nothing, I think is what he said. But anyway, that's what you need to think of. She's not necessarily a heel. She is, but it's because of the smart-ass things she says and the bad-ass things she does. Not necessarily because she's cheating or anything like that, or she's using weapons or she's jumping people. We may see her do some of that, 
but it's not necessarily going to be an everyday thing for her. So, I'm trying to get my thoughts straight. So, Becky is supposed to beat Bianca again. Which I'm assuming is going to take place at Extreme Rules. Then they will have the draft. Bianca will go to Raw. That way, they have a star in her and Asuka on SmackDown to carry the load if Charlotte does not sign her contract. But until then, she will be on Raw also, and Bianca and Charlotte will then get into it if Charlotte signs her contract and Bianca will start chasing Charlotte for her belt. They are setting it up. They haven't heard 100% from Ronda Rousey that she will not be at Next year's WrestleMania. I personally say there's no way. And I think there's a bunch of men that have no clue running WWE that assume that she'll be ready by April. I don't think she will. I think their plans will be Charlotte versus Bianca, Sasha versus Becky. Because from what I understand, at this time, they are not 100% sure Bailey will be back. The day she had her surgery, it was supposed, her comeback date was supposed to be after WrestleMania. However, I have been hearing now for two weeks that Bailey is ahead of schedule, is healing faster than what they thought, and that she very well may be back before WrestleMania, maybe in the early part of March. Bailey, from what I understand, is telling people. She will be back in February. Remember what I said earlier in the podcast about an injured superstar. So, if she would come back in February, she may get into the picture. I don't know. Especially since Bailey and Bianca have a history, if Charlotte does not sign her contract... So, that is where we stand. I see I'm running at almost an hour. So, what I'm going to do 
I'm going to cut this podcast off because the next one, we're going to talk about what everybody's been calling the Sasha situation, and it's not just her. And I hate that I have to do another podcast on it. I did a podcast episode about it. I told you guys, Sasha does not have COVID. But I still see all of these stories and all of these people wishing her good health and and they hope it clears up soon and that she doesn't have long-term symptoms and people running stories that she has COVID. She doesn't. She's okay. But this is happening not just to her, but she seems to be the one in the public eye, and I absolutely hate it for her. So next episode, you will get what we're going to call, with our finger quotes, the Sasha situation. Anyway, I look forward to talking to you guys soon, and I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.